Today from the Global Lane, the world's top violators of religious freedom. It is the United States saying, we believe religious freedom is so important. We want to make it a part of every relationship we have with other countries. U.S. federal police weaponized by the Chinese to silence an American advocate for persecuted Uyghur ethnics. I was approached by Secret Service and arrested uh, for, you know, alleged uh, terrorism and was subsequently uh, interrogated by the uh, FBI. Baby formula shortages and rising prices buckle your belts. More hardship may be coming. Come this summer, we're looking at a 10% inflation rate, mostly because we're about to have a crisis with food. And this Memorial Day, remembering service and sacrifice. And it's all right here on the Global Lane. Religious freedom and the worst violators around the globe. Many people believe the U.S. State Department made a big error last year when it omitted Nigeria from the list of countries of particular concern. Will Nigeria be back on the list this year? What other religious freedom violators should get our attention? Well, Todd Nettleton is with uh, VOM. He's a radio host and chief of media relations at The Voice of the Martyrs. Good to have you with us again, Todd. So which countries are expected to be among those of particular concern uh, this year in the State Department report. Those, uh, of course, considered to be the most severe violators of religious freedom. You know, there are currently 10 countries on that list of countries of particular concern. I think with the report this year, uh, the big ones to watch are India and Nigeria. Both of them have been recommended as countries of particular concern by the U.S. Commission on International Religious Freedom. Now we'll see what the State Department does with those recommendations, and we'll see whether they really uh, fix that label to them. The other one that I think will almost certainly become a country of particular concern is Afghanistan, with the Taliban back in charge there. Uh, I don't see how it won't be a country of particular concern, especially with some of the things we've seen even in the last few months with related to burqas, with related to girls going to school. Uh, clearly, the Taliban is back up to its old trick. So tell me a little bit more about that India. Why do you think India needs to be on the list? Well, India is a country that is led by Prime Minister Modi, who came out of the Hindu nationalist background. They want, his government wants, every Indian to be a Hindu. And if you're not a Hindu, you should become one or you should find a different place to live. That in affects our Christian brothers and sisters there, but it also affects millions of Muslims in India Obviously, though, this India is a country that we do a lot of trade with. There's a lot of commercial interests back and forth between our two countries. And it'll be interesting to see if the State Department is willing to offend the Indian government by saying they're a country of particular concern on religious freedom, or if they put those sort of trade relationships ahead of religious freedom and sort of let it go by. And they were hesitant to do that with Nigeria last year, but this year it'll probably be back on. Which countries do you think should be considered countries of particular concern, those that may not uh, be given this designation this year? You know, the one that wasn't on the list that, that I was concerned about was Mozambique. Northern Mozambique is a place where Christians are under attack by radical Islamists. It is a place where pastors have been killed, Christians have been killed, and it is not on the list. It's not on the recommended list. And the group, the radical Islamist group there, is not even on the recommendation for entities of particular concern. That's one I thought they missed in this year's report. 
Uh, now, Todd, several years ago, Vietnam altered its behavior a bit when it was listed as a country of particular concern. But then once the designation was removed, it resumed violating religious freedoms. So what difference does this annual State Department report really make for persecuted Christians around the world? You know, I think if you're a Christian in prison in China or Iran, it really doesn't make a difference for you. But it does make a difference at the government level. And it makes a difference that the United States is saying religious freedom is so important to us, we want to make it a part of our international relations. We want to make it a part of our diplomatic process to talk about religious freedom, to talk about getting people out of prison who are in prison unjustly because of their religion. We're going to, this is such a significant thing. We're going to make it a part of our conversations. Now, even after the State Department makes these designations, the administration has a lot of leeway in how they use that, whether they put on sanctions, whether they really put teeth behind these designations. Uh, but I think the significance of it is it is the United States saying, we believe religious freedom is so important. We want to make it a part of every relationship we have with other countries. We at least want that to be an issue that's on the table for discussion. Well, then, how satisfied are you with the Biden administration response to persecution and its commitment to global religious freedom thus far? What, what more could be done, Todd? You know, one of the things that that's a challenge, it's one of the reasons I'm thankful that I, I'm not an elected office holder is, you know, you have to balance all of these things. And we saw that with the Trump administration. We see that with the Biden administration as well. Hey, we want to talk about religious freedom, but we also want this. We also want to have these trade relationships. And so uh, I think every administration could do more. And Christians as well, right? We, we should do more. Absolutely. We need to let our elected officials know this is something we care about. This is something we think about when we go into the ballot box. We also need to act through our prayers. We need to be regularly praying for our persecuted brothers and sisters around the world. You know, ultimately, persecution is not a government issue. It's a spiritual issue. And we need to recognize that. And we need to fight in the spiritual battle through our prayers. Okay, VOM's Todd Nettleton, thanks for being with us, and congratulations, Todd, on winning this year's ECPA Book Award in the Biography and Memoir category for your book, When Faith is Forbidden, 40 Days on the Front Lines with Persecuted Christians. Thanks so much, Gary. It's always good to be with you. In Japan this week, President Biden said the United States would intervene militarily if China invades Taiwan. But what about protecting Americans from the communist Chinese right here on the home front? We're learning more about the 2018 arrest of one of the main voices for the Uyghur people here in the USA. Last January, the Department of Justice dropped its case against Saleh Hudayar, but he's only now able to talk about it. Hudayar is the prime minister of the East Turkestan government in exile. He's here to explain, along with Daily Caller investigative reporter Philip Lenzicki, who has reported on this case. Sally, let's begin with you. This involves a communist Chinese agent who weaponized the U.S. criminal justice system, accusing you of being a spy. Tell us why you were arrested and interrogated by the FBI back in September uh, 2018. And I guess it wasn't a cordial interrogation, was it? No, uh, unfortunately, it wasn't. Uh, back in June of 2018, uh, I had spearheaded the uh, East Turkestan National Waking Movement and 
called on, led demonstrations in front of the U.S. Capitol, calling on the U.S. Congress and the U.S. government to recognize the genocide and pass legislative uh, bills to address, uh, you know, the ongoing genocide in East Turkestan. Uh, shortly afterwards, I, you know, this woman uh, who I suspect uh, is a Chinese spy uh, arrived trying to initially, uh, you know, asking me how much it would cost to buy me off. Then when I said I wasn't for sale, uh, she, you know, vaguely uh, threatened my uh, family, uh, stating that China is powerful and they could harm me if I continued to doing this. Uh, then on July 